Welcome to Bipocalypse Part 1. Tyler and I are here today with the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. We are going to be breaking down starts and sits from every matchup, a different change of format for you today. Tyler, give me a word. Lucas does this, throws, throws us on the spot. Give me one word to describe how you're feeling about the upcoming week. Worried. <laughs> Worried. Just between all the teams on by, we I, I there are too many injuries to count at this point. Like we are scraping the barrel this week and it's got me very, very worried because man, it doesn't, it never feels good when your good stud players are either on by or hurt. It's just, it's never a good feeling that that pretty much just sums it up. It's just very worried, but don't, don't you worry. Cause we got you covered. Like I said, starts and sit matchups from or starts and sits from each matchup this week. And we are going to have to fly through because we got so many players, 26 plus players to talk about. So, Ty, let's just jump right in and not waste any more time. We're going to start quickly with Jacksonville versus New Orleans. You're getting this on Thursday. This is the Thursday night game right there. There is a chance that when you're listening to this, that this game has already happened. So if so, just pretend like we talked about everything right and just move on. If it's not <laughs> Thursday night football yet, make sure you listen up because we got the advice you need. But Tyler, in this game, who who is someone that you are? Well, let's start with the sit first, actually. Who is the sit in this one? Unfortunately, going to be Trevor Lawrence. Um, we have... I, I go back to the beginning of last or I shouldn't say last year, beginning of this season. And we uh, we were very optimistic on Trevor Lawrence, thinking that this could be another step forward year for him. And it just has not been. Uh, he's currently the quarterback 19 in fantasy points per game. And he has only one game with over 16 and a half fantasy points. Everything else has been in the 15 to 16 range. So it's not been good. And now on top of that, we're dealing with a slight knee sprain. And while he did express some optimism about playing per Ian Rappaport at rap sheet on Twitter. Um, I just, it, it, I don't really like it. And then the matchup too against new Orleans on the road. I, I just don't think there's any legitimate reason as to why Trevor Lawrence should be in your starting lineups this week. For sure. And there, like you said, there is a chance that Trevor Lawrence is out. If we look at the new Orleans side of it, we are for sure starting Alvin Kamara. You're for sure starting Chris Olave. If you have Michael Thomas, like we said, it might be the apocalypse. You might have to start Michael Thomas this week. Um, on the Jaguar side, you're for sure tra- starting Travis Etienne. But like you said, there's a chance that Trevor Lawrence doesn't even suit up for this one. So t- it's, who is who is going to be the back quarterback? Trevor Lawrence is, isn't suiting up for that. It should be C.J. Beathard. I will mm-hmm. confirm, but it should be C.J. Beathard. So you're you're not excited, right? It's not like a Teddy Bridgewater who can just step in. So, Tyler, I'm, I'm going to give you a couple names real quick. Um, are you starting Calvin Ridley then if, uh, if Trevor Lawrence is out? I, you, I still would. You're just dropping your you, expectations have to be lowered, obviously. But again, eight targets the past two games. He's still he's more of a flex than he is a wide receiver, too, if anything. For sure. Christian Kirk. You still start him. And then the last guy we'll spend a little more time on is Evan Ingram. Are you starting Evan Ingram this week? I do like Evan Ingram. And if I'm honest, 
I kind of like Evan Ingram more than the other two guys this week. Uh, Evan Ingram of all tight ends, he's fifth in target share. So he's super, he not only is he super involved in his offense, he gets looked at a lot in his offense. And the, the reason for optimism for me with Evan Ingram is that his a dot is only 4.3 yards, which on the surface, you're like, that's disgusting. Yeah. And it actually, it, it is, it is, it's the lowest of any tight end in the top 20 in fantasy football this year. But the reason why I'm optimistic about that is because not to put a safety valve label on Evan Ingram, but like if there is somebody that CJ Beathard just has to get the ball to, it's going to be Evan Ingram or Christian Kirk. And I, I think Evan Ingram and, and Christian Kirk can be heavily looked at because of that with CJ Beathard. Again, Ridley is still going to get his targets because it's Calvin Ridley. Okay. Don't, mm. don't bet against the talent of Calvin Ridley. But um, I, like I said, I, I sneaky, sneakily like Evan Ingram this week more than the other pass catching options in Jack in Jacksonville. For sure. And we've seen that a lot with, both backup and rookie quarterbacks. Obviously, C.J. Beathard is a backup quarterback in this case, but they do tend to lean on the tight ends at least a little bit more um, when they are filling in. This next game is going to be gross. This next game, Las Vegas versus Chicago. We could have a game without either starting quarterback. Uh, Justin Fields is doubtful. Jimmy Garoppolo left last game in an ambulance, right? So there there just isn't a lot of optimism for this game. Guys that you're still obviously going to start. You got to start Josh Jacobs in this one. You got to start Devontae Adams. You got to start DJ Moore more than likely. Jacoby Myers, I would lean towards you have to start, especially what we've seen when back when um, Brian Hoyer was in last week. But Tyler, who is one of these non-obvious guys that you're looking to start in this disgusting Vegas for Chicago game? I like Roshan Johnson in what is what should be his first game in a major, major role in the offense, especially mm-hmm. when Justin Fields is going to be out. So there's a potential to be a little more reliant on the run game. Uh, so far this year, Vegas is top 12 in fantasy points per game to running backs in rushing yards, allowed rushing touchdowns, receptions. It is a, it is a pretty good uh, matchup for Roshan Johnson. Deonta Foreman, probably not this week just because Roshan should be back, but mm-hmm. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Roshan this week against Vegas. For sure. The Bears made it very clear that Roshan is the back they're going to lean on over Deonta Foreman when he is healthy, right? I mean, Deonta Foreman was a healthy scratch before they needed to play him last week. Another player I want to talk about is Cole Komet, right? Cole Komet is a, is a tight end that some people probably have been leaning on a little bit. That connection with Justin Fields has been pretty good, I'll say. It's been decent, right? I mean, he's had some great weeks and, you know, he's still prone to having those real low single-digit weeks, but Let's be honest, all tight ends outside the top five are really I mean that's just that's just who you get. But in this week, there's a probably a 98% chance he's not gonna have Justin Fields. Are are you looking towards Cole Komet at all, or is it this just say I want nothing to do with it? I just want nothing really to do with it. And this may be Cole Komet may be one of those players this week where you go, well. Uh, it's bipocalypse and I don't really re- want to start anyone else. And Cole Komet has done pretty well the past couple weeks. And I'd still urge you to not play Cole Komet. I, I get that again, backup quarterback and tight ends have some kind of uh, what's, what's the correlation 
uh, in terms of just usage and whatnot. But Cole Komet, even when Tyson Bajant came in last week against Minnesota, Cole Komet had zero targets. Like, I I feel like if there's going to be one guy that Tyson Bajant, and I really should say, we don't even know if it's going to be Tyson Bajant. I know it, it points to it, but for all we know, Nathan Peterman could be announced as the starter like Saturday afternoon, like for all we know. But if there's one guy that either of those quarterbacks are going to be looking at, it's going to be DJ Moore. So sure. I, I I would urge, strongly urge to stay away from Cole Komet this week. Yeah, I would say other than probably Roshan Johnson and Josh Jacobs, you should have expectations tempered to stay the least for everyone in this matchup. Everyone, everyone. It's going to be gross. Uh, I would not tune in even if I was a Bears or uh, Raiders fan this week. That's how gross this game is going to be. Conveniently playing your grocery shopping trip during yeah. the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, NFL Red Zone probably won't be showing this. I, no, they will. They now, will. Now that I say it, it's going to be like touch. I mean, it's going to be like a 42 to 45 game. Uh, this that's how this game is going to be. It's either going to be like 45, 48, or it's going to be like three to six. There, there is going to be no in between with this one. Uh, speaking of a game that could be pretty low scoring, uh, we got Cleveland versus Indianapolis and this Cleveland defense has been something else this year. Held Brock Purdy to 125 passing yards last week, beat San Francisco with uh PJ Walker, at quarterback. Tyler, how does that, how does that make you feel about these, uh, Indianapolis wide receivers. Um, worries. I uh, worried. I guess mm-hmm. like this. This not only is the secondary good for Cleveland. Their pass rush is amazing. I mean, amazing. I, I, like I don't. I don't understand how. Like <laughs> I am saying this as a Vikings fan. How like we could have gone through all of last year with zero pressure on quarterbacks with our defensive line, and then it seems like literally every other drop back a quarterback facing this Cleveland defensive line is getting pressured. I don't know how it, mm-hmm. it just, it is what it is, I guess, but I, 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 this defense is just so, so good. And I, there's really no one I can really trust on the Colts this week, especially when it comes to the receivers. Like you still have to play Michael Pittman because Michael Pittman is just their number one guy, but Josh Downs, who was a very popular topic the last couple of weeks based on his target share and whatnot. I don't think you can play him this week. Like, I just, I don't trust it. Don't trust it at all. Yeah, I think moving on rest of the season, Josh Downs is a guy that you you were, you'll be glad that you picked up off the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. But like you said, this is not the week for it. This is, I mean, this team has shut everybody down. Uh, other than really uh, Brandon Ayuk last week had five for 75, but I think he's the best performance they've had. So well, you're, well, yeah, I mean, George Pickens had like what four for 10, yeah. but he had like a hundred yards and a touchdown only because it because was a bust of coverage. Yep. Right. Like, yeah. so you're, I mean, and with Josh Downs, you're not going to get that right. That's what, I mean, Michael Pittman, you have, he's a big guy. He can make plays happen. Josh Downs is a guy who's just, he's going to be a volume hog on the other side of the ball. Uh, you know, we we might be seeing P.J. Walker. We might be seeing Deshaun Watson. I think Amari Cooper showed last week that no matter who the quarterback is, you're starting him. Well, well, well yeah. other than uh, other than Dorian Thompson, yeah. Robinson. but it's yeah. not going to be him. It's so, not it be him. <laughs> but this backfield, this backfield has raised some question marks last week, right? We saw a split that we really haven't seen since Jerome Ford took over with Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. So 
I'm going to now ask you about the running backs on the Cleveland side. Are you starting both? Are you starting neither? Are you trying to pick one? How, what, what are you doing with that? I think you still start Jerome Ford. I mean, he did lead the backfield in touches, even with the uptick in snaps for Kareem Hunt. So you still start him, especially when, you know, Indy is allowing the ninth most fantasy points to running backs on the year. So obviously, so it's Jerome Ford you're still starting, but it's really Kareem Hunt that you got to ask the question. And it's, again, with his uptick in, in snaps, he did find the end zone. Um, he did, and, and, and he had three receptions on top of it. So maybe this is going to be something I ask you because I just don't really want to answer this question, but <laughs> would you, would, does Kareem Ford have some sneaky flex value this week? Kareem Ford. So, oh, oh, <laughs> that's going to oh, be, a that's, that's a hell of it. <laughs> I, they got me so flustered. I can't even get their names right. No, is Kareem Hunt. A sneaky flex option this week i think if you are if we're getting starting to get a little more desperate i think he is uh and that's got a lot to do with running backs haven't been super deep this year to begin with right we're not i mean we're not a super deep and then a ton of running backs are either out or on um, by this week i know we were talking beforehand i have a dynasty team where i have christian mccaffrey joe mixon Brees hall kyron williams and Ramondre stevenson and this week, I may have to be starting Ramondre Stevenson and A.J. Dillon or Kenneth Gainwell, right? I mean, it's not like I've got five starting running backs, and I only maybe have one this week. So I understand that if you're in that position, you know, I'm, I'm picking Kareem Hunt over like a Ravens, random Ravens running back. I don't think I'd – I think if you're looking at backup running backs, I don't really know if there's any other backup running back right now you know, over Zach Moss, I would start Kareem Hunt this week, knowing that Zach Moss goes up against this Cleveland run defense who is giving up, let's see, the seventh least amount of points to running backs right now, right there. If I'm if I'm picking, he's probably the best of like that running back three tier that you were going to have to start dipping into for this week. Yeah, I mean, you, you take a look at other like running back twos for other teams and stuff like, I mean, uh, Chicago, you're not you're not playing Deonta Foreman. Uh, Indy, you're not doing that. You're not playing Zach Moss. How about Tyler Algier? That was one, but I don't I don't like the matchup against Tampa. I, I would agree. Um, Jalen Warren against the Rams only in PPR. Yeah. Um, Arizona not touching neither of them. Yeah. Seattle Charbonnet probably not. Yeah. Like. Honestly, I don't think it is that uh, it, it's not that surprising and it is not that weird to say that <laughs> Kareem Hunt is the best running back, too, and he may actually have ample opportunity in this game. For sure. I, I would agree with that. All right. Our next matchup, Buffalo versus New York. This game, New York helmet to you, sir. New England. I was <laughs> I, I knew who I was talking about, too. Like I was picturing the Patriots in my head. Um, man, that I just saw that, and it went New York. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this this is always a matchup that you really don't know what's going to happen, right? Josh yeah. Allen could throw four interceptions. Josh Allen could beat him forty-one to ten. It could be a fourteen to seven game. Like I feel like with Buffalo, New England, these last couple of years, it's just been all over the map, all over the map. So, I mean, you're obviously starting Josh Allen. You're obviously starting Stephon Diggs. But I don't feel like there's any more obvious starts in this game. 
there's a couple of guys who are probably on the fringe. Let's start with one of them. Let's start on the New England side with uh, Ramondre Stevenson. This one I'm so torn on because we saw we saw the the touches and the opportunity come back last week for Ramondre, and you look at the matchup and you go Buffalo on paper not great, but Buffalo is allowing the tenth most fantasy points per game to running backs. They're allowing the sixth most over the last two weeks. Um, but I keep coming back to the idea and the thought of like, we could see no volume again for Ramondre. Like that might be a game plan. And if that's a game plan, not, I mean, first and foremost, that's a fireable offense. If you're not going to game plan around your best offensive weapon and, and two, like I was thinking about this earlier. We could literally say, you know, every Green Bay Packer, which we'll we'll touch on this matchup later. Every Green Bay Packer should be in your starting lineup because they're going to get going up against the Denver Broncos. Okay. Every all the stats point to a legitimate reason why you should start them. And I'm not saying you should, but again, hypothetical. Denver could go out on Sunday and win 38 to 3. Like just because stats say that you should doesn't mean it's actually going to happen in in the real game. Mm. I get that vibe with Ramondre this week. I don't know why. Like, I feel like you have to because the stats point to it, but I don't think there's anything guaranteed when it comes to Ramondre this week. Yeah. The one one positive for Ramondre is the Bills are giving up the 10th most targets and the uh let me see six most receiving yards to running backs, which could, you know, if they stay out of the end zone, um, keep them relevant. Let's transition to the bill side. There's, there's two players in the bills. I want to talk about quickly. Um, first is the other running back on the bill side, James cook. Are, is James cook a start this week? Do you, are you leaning on James cook? Um, is he a guy that you're kind of like, you're probably going to have to start him no matter what, uh, how, how are you feeling about James cook? Somewhere in that awkward in between of like you got to play him, but also like it's James Cook, so you sh- don't really ask any questions. And I, the only reason why he's in that awkward in between is just based on what we saw last week against the Giants 14 carries, 71 yards, but zero receptions, zero touchdowns. What a weird, what a weird stat line for James Cook. I know, like that's not what we expected at all, but at the same time, like he's still, I mean. That's still five yards of carry. So that yeah. is a typical James Cook uh, rushing performance, but just there was no receiving work to help out or boost that any, in any way. So again, that's why he's in that awkward in between. J- it's James Cook, though, in one of the best offenses. You would be, I don't. I don't think there's enough reason to not play him this week. For sure. And then I want to give you a little bit of time because I think you've kind of retracted where your stance on Gabe Davis since our last episode. So I, I just want to give you a little bit of time to talk about Gabe Davis in this matchup specifically and just your thoughts on Gabe Davis in general. I'd like to take this moment <laughs> to issue a formal apology to my co-host, Lucas Wenzel. He was speaking the cold hard facts. He was <laughs> speaking the truth in our last podcast episode, and I decided to play devil's advocate and I meant it more than I wanted to, because <laughs> when you look at Gabe Davis over the last four weeks, I shouldn't say last four weeks, now five. last five weeks, um, he had scored in four straight games going into week six. And then uh, not only did he not score, but he only had one catch. 
and you go back and look at his stat lines, he's had two games where he's had more than seven targets. I think it is more than five catches, something like that. Like you can't rely on Gabe Davis. If you're going to rely on Gabe Davis, you're betting on a touchdown pretty much. And um, it's the weird one because you're like, well, it's new England. Belichick likes to take away the best option on the, on, uh, you know, on the opponent stuff on digs, but digs does just fine against new England. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't like you may be in a spot where you do kind of have to play Gabe Davis because again, just other options available, but just know with Gabe Davis that uh, it's, it's not pretty. I made a mistake in my judgment about Gabe Davis. Um, Yeah. He's not a, he's not a play this week. For sure. And I mean, it just shows our growth as men uh, <laughs> that we are able to just own our mistakes. We are self-aware. We are. <laughs> Sometimes we can be a little stubborn. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can uh, choose to ignore what's right in front of us. And sometimes it takes some self-awareness, but then also some really, really good and strong co-hosts to pull you aside and go, you are just wrong. <laughs> you moron. <laughs> you moron. Exactly. Exactly. That's and that's what we do. We're very strong co-hosts. Um, in this <laughs> next one, we're talking about two very non-strong teams: uh, the Washington Commanders and the New York Football Giants. I feel like this is another game you should just go do your grocery shopping during. Uh, it's just I don't think it's going to be super fun. Uh, Daniel Jones did practice today with his neck injury. Um, but he is one to watch. We could see another Tyrod Taylor game. In this game, you got to start Saquon. You got to start Brian Robinson against this brutal um, Giants run defense. And I, you got to start Terry McLaurin. I, I think we both agree with that one. Even, even, even if he doesn't produce, you know what he's capable of in the yeah. offense. So you still got to play him for sure. And he saw, I think, 10 target, 11 targets, one of the double digit targets last week. Mm-hmm. His teammate, John Dotson's running a lot of routes, playing a lot of snaps, not seeing a lot of targets. Ty, are you, are you, are we in for the, uh, Jahan Dotson bounce back week this week? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's so disappointing with Jahan Dotson. I mean, just when we thought that it, couldn't get any worse than it did last year. And yeah, like he did have some productive games, but like you looked at the situation, you're like, can't get worse than this. Somehow it did like, don't know how, don't know why, but Eric B enemy like is making Jahan Dotson take a step back. And we're not saying by development, like not in, in a developmental way, but I'm saying like in a fantasy way, like Jahan Dotson's going backwards and that's not what we want to see. No. On the other side of the ball, though, this Washington pass defense is brutal, abysmal. They made Justin Fields look like an MVP candidate throwing the ball. So are you looking to play um, roulette with uh, one of these? Uh... Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm like, wait a second. Is, is Ed Donatel the defensive coordinator in Washington at this point? Because, again, like we're making Justin Fields. Yeah. Look like an MVP. Donatel made Daniel Jones look like an MVP. I, I yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, are you trying to play roulette with one of these uh Giants wide receivers? And if so, who? I am. Ooh. 
with jumping into the ring with Wandale Robinson. Okay. okay. I, I, I need to pump the brakes. I shouldn't say pump the brakes. I need to like do some self checks on myself when it comes to Wandale Robinson. I am slowly, but surely like going all in on Wandale Robinson rest of the year. Um, he was on a limited snap count his first couple games back from his injury. Well, I shouldn't even say that. Um, his first game back, he was on a snap count. Second, uh, second, third, and oh my goodness, second, third, and fourth game back from his injury. Uh, he was putting up around 60% of snaps with the team. But the guy, when he's on the field, he's being targeted, and he was one of the leading target getters in weeks four and five led the team in targets in week six against Buffalo with eight targets. Um, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. doesn't matter if it's Daniel Jones or if it's Tyrod Taylor, they are looking his way. And the most encouraging, and I talked about Wandale in my waiver video that came out on Monday. So if you haven't checked that out, I guess it doesn't really matter because waivers have passed, but maybe some of those guys are still available go check it out but <laughs> the giants wide receiver room is going through some changes right now where we are seeing less of isaiah hodgins we're seeing less of paris campbell we're seeing more of jalen hyatt we're seeing more of wandale robinson and up until this point wandale robinson had led i guess he still leads the giants in targets per route run and I said, that's great, but it doesn't really matter if you don't get a whole lot of snaps. Mm-hmm. He's getting more and more snaps. And yeah. he's and on top of that, other guys are getting less snaps. So opportunity, everything is trending in the right direction for Wanda Robinson. I'm expecting another solid performance from Wandale. And I think he's got some sneaky flex value this week. For sure. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, I feel like you got to take a chance against this Washington pass defense and Wondell Robinson coming up eight catches on eight targets last week. So he does feel like the guy to take a chance. Um, next, we got another divisional rivalry, Atlanta playing against Tampa Bay. Um, obviously, you're starting Bijan. You probably got to start Rashad White in this one. Not necessarily the best matchup, uh, but we talked about Bipocalypse. He's a guy that you got to throw in there. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They're, it's not a great matchup for them uh, playing against this Atlanta defense right the Atlanta pass even has been pretty stingy but again they're going to be good enough to be at least at the very least wide receiver threes on the week um more likely in that wide receiver two range a guy that we know we should sit because we know that we should be selling high because he's just not great is Drake London right Ty we just don't like Drake London at all he is I'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, Drake London is our star for this week. I just I had to give Ty that. I he was waiting for the windup, but I just I couldn't help myself. Um, Ty, you're you're saying to start Drake London yes. this week. Uh, you're you're gonna try and ride the hot hand against the Tampa Bay defense. Hot hand. I mean, this is who Drake London is. <laughs> so Drake London has just been getting targets lately, and that's what he needs. That's what he needs to be productive in fantasy. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to do some fancy schmancy stat polling here. But um, Tampa is giving up the ninth most points to wide receivers on the season. Thank you. See, there it is. Um, I, I think the opportunity is 
an optimistic one for Drake London. Now, um, it is worth saying that like Drake London doesn't necessarily have the safest floor, mm-hmm. um, but he's I, again the matchup says to start him. Yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. No, I would agree with that. I mean, since week one, right? I think we can kind of wipe out week one. That was everybody like the sky was falling for Drake London. One target. Since then, he's averaging over eight eight targets a game. Since then, we've seen what we've wanted to see from Drake London, and it's been consistent. On the other side, his teammate Kyle Pitts. I'm with you. I I don't think Kyle Pitts just keeps this up. I don't think that what we saw last week from P- Kyle Pitts is going to be consistent. Obviously, if he's on your team, you're probably starting him. This is in the case if you've got, if you picked up or drafted late a Sam Laporta, if you picked up, you know, one of these guys off the waiver wire who has been performing well, then you probably would sit Kyle Pitts. But I would agree. I would, I would just say, I don't think Kyle Pitts continues to have a great week again this week against Tampa Bay. Ty, what, what are your thoughts on Kyle Pitts this week? So we kind of touched on Kyle Pitts a little bit when we uh, talked about uh, Drake London as a trending player after week six. The Falcons are starting to use Kyle Pitts a lot more as a as a team would use a wide receiver not saying that it's an exact like he's mm-hmm. lining up outside or anything like that but like they're using him more downfield so i think there is a case to be made for like well do we start treating Kyle Pitts more like a wide receiver than we do a tight end um but i also am of the belief that this is going to be a fairly low scoring game mm. so i don't know exactly what a Kyle Pitts performance will look like in a low scoring game. That's my, that's my worry when it comes to Kyle Pitts. And I would err on the side of like, probably like if there's going to be a tight end that you're going to start, uh, it's, it's Johnu Smith. <laughs> and I can't, I can't believe I'm talking about Johnu Smith still, but he's been, he's been arguably the number two option in the passing game behind Drake London so far this year. Yeah, and you're not banking on Kyle Pitts scoring a touchdown ever. Let me, can I retract that real quick? The number two option in the passing offense is Bijan Robinson, for sure. And that is Johnu. I can't, I can't leave out Bijan like that, for sure. Yeah, and but yeah, I, I just, I'm not, ex- I'm not expecting a touchdown from Kyle Pitts, and I'm not really expecting him to hit over 50 yards this week. So it's not something I'm going to be confident confident and and next our next game before we take a quick break it's going to be detroit versus baltimore obviously obviously you're starting lamar jackson obviously you're starting amon ross st brown and obviously you're starting mark andrews outside of that i would say there's not a lot of obvious ones i think zay flowers is getting to that point i think he is starting to see the volume consistently enough uh, last week, um, I don't remember how many receptions he had. I know he was at 50 yards because we hit, picked him to hit over 56 yards, and he was just short. He was at 50. Uh, 50, but he did score a touchdown last week, putting him up in the double digits. So that is definitely something you want to see. And I, I do think if you're going to beat Detroit this year, you can't run on them. Detroit's had the best rush defense in the NFL, and so you got to throw the ball. And if Zay Flowers is the best receiving option, then obviously I think that just makes him the start almost by default. And I think we're getting close to that point where Zay Flowers is going to be an every week starter. 
He has clearly been better than Rashad Bateman. He has clearly been better than Odell Beckham when they're on the field together. And Odell Beckham, neither Odell Beckham or Rashad Bateman are staying on the field each week. So, yeah, I I got to lean Zay Flowers. But, Ty, I want to ask you about the running backs in this game. Um, obviously, David Montgomery's looking like he's going to miss maybe a couple weeks. Jameer Gibbs is still questionable this week. Are you, are you trusting any running back in this game on either side of the ball? I think the one that is worth discussing is Jameer Gibbs. Um, if he plays, um, he then should be taking the bulk of the workload. I mean, it happened in week three in, against Atlanta when David Montgomery didn't play. Gibbs got 17 carries. Now, the receiving work wasn't there, but again, he got 17 carries, which is by far his highest on the year. So it's a matter of, well, if he's healthy and you know he's going to get the workload, do we like the matchup against Baltimore? I'm not really sure. I You could probably group him in with that, like, Jerome Ford. Or I shouldn't say Jerome Ford, but um, you're like Kareem Hunt a little bit. Like, he's he feels like he's the 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 better version of Kareem Hunt this week in terms of, like, guys that you guys that haven't really performed up until this point, but they've had a game where they're like, well, they could again. So mm-hmm. do we put them in the lineup? So I, I, I wonder if you just kind of, if Jameer gives plays, you kind of have to just because of the workload. So I, I guess that's where I'm at. I'm not super confident in it, but I, the workload alone might be worth the reason to start. For sure. I, I think if Jameer Gibbs plays, you got to start him. But I would not touch any other running back. Even if Gibbs is out, I'm not touching Craig Reynolds. And I'm definitely not touching the Baltimore running backs in this game. Uh, but with that, let's take a quick break and hear from our friends over at Underdog. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Now, we love Underdog. It is the easiest place to play best ball formats, and they even have their own form of player props called Pick'em. You can make up to 20 times your money on a single night by correlating props together. Two picks will triple your money, three will six times it, four will ten times it, and five plays that all hit will multiply your entry by 20. You can even place insurance on your picks, too, so if only four of your five props hit, you still get ten times your entry. And if you use our code FELLAS when signing up, Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100. And we're back. Um, I think I think that was better. I think I'm getting getting closer to Lucas level at this point with that. I don't I don't know what you think. Yeah, well, I, well, I, I don't want to grade myself, but I, I think I'm pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> I give myself an A plus, honestly. Just that life in general. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll jump just right back into it. We won't we won't skip a beat here. We got Pittsburgh versus the Los Angeles Rams. You are starting Cooper Cup. You're probably going to have to start George Pickens um, and Deontay Johnson this week. I know I'm definitely starting Deontay in the two leagues. I have him in. I think they're both pretty good plays. The Rams have actually been decently uh, stingy against the pass, uh, pass attack. But I do think at this point in, you know, where the week's at, those two are guys, you're going to have to start guys that you probably want to sit. 
Najee Harris. And let's be honest, this isn't really a just a this week thing. This might be a rest of season break class in case of emergency kind of thing now on Najee. He's just it's been terrible. Like the, the, you can't sugarcoat it at all. There has been no bright spot for Najee Harris. He does not get receiving work anymore. He doesn't break away any big runs and he doesn't score touchdowns. I, I, I just have no optimism for Najee Harris. Ty, is there, is there any glimpse of hope for Najee Harris moving forward? Not in uh, the short term, maybe in the long term, you take a look at his, I mean, I, I, we're not going to go into long term on this episode. We're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it into the into the next week. Just, it's not this week. It's not this week. The Rams have been also very good against the run. This is just not the week for Najee. If there's, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If there's a Steelers running back that you got to play, it's Jalen Warren. It's not Najee Harris for sure. And then the start. I I mean this this one might feel super easy to some people. Other people are like, they need the little bit of push to make put him back in your lineup. But it's Puka Nakua. He had one down week. That's it. He's still been awesome all, all week. Matthew Stafford only threw the ball 24 times last game. That is 15 pass attempts lower than his average on the season. So obviously targets aren't going to be, you know, quite as great. The Steelers defense is leaky at best against the pass uh, right now. Tyler, I, I, you have any hesitation this week starting Puka Nakua or is, is it green lights? No, it's it's green lights. I mean, if they're what kind of run game are we expecting from the Rams? That's true. Yeah, like no Kyron Williams. I would not be surprised if the Rams are just going to chuck it all over the field. And yeah. that means it's good for Cooper Cup. It's good for Puka. If you really need a deep, deep league one, I shouldn't even say deep league because he's been roster most of the year, but I'd even consider Tutu Atwell this week. For sure. You know who's given up the fourth most points to fantasy wide receivers on the season? The Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. Exactly. All righty. Our next game, we got the Arizona Cardinals versus the Seattle Seahawks. This one, there, there are three Seahawks you got to start. You got to start DK. No. I, well, you do, but just it's not a like lock. It's it's not a lock as it as it should be. I mean, just looking over his five games this year, 13, 13, 17, solid, 12, and 10. Like, this is not the DK that we expected at the beginning of the season. Yeah, we're not you're not seeing these high outburst games. To be fair, Gino hasn't looked amazing yet, right? I don't think we've seen quite seen the Gino of last season. JSN, though, is also taking up more snaps. We talked about that on our last podcast. Tyler Lockett's probably, you got probably going to start as well um, in this one. Arizona's given up the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers. But on the other side of the ball, Tyler, who who is your start from this game? Who is that like guy that people might be, eh, I don't know. Who, who are you starting this week? It, <laughs> we're going to keep this one really, really easy. It's, uh, it's Hollywood Brown. Yeah. Um, there's a clear, clear target in this Arizona offense. It's Hollywood Brown. And uh, it, it really, it, there really should not be much explanation other than who is Josh Dobbs going to throw the ball to? Mm. Okay. And, and yes, well, and, and this is something we should be talking about as well. Um, Kyler Murray. 
his activation window just opened up the day that we are recording this on Wednesday. So mm-hmm. 21 days have officially opened. Now that does not necessarily mean that it is a, a guarantee that he comes back off of the injured reserve. Chances are, since it was a Wednesday, Kyler Murray probably isn't playing, but if he mm-hmm. is, that's even better for Hollywood Brown. So Hollywood Brown state is like it sticks into your line of this week. Even, even if you don't think, even if you don't trust Josh Dobbs, even if you don't like the matchup for whatever reason, Hollywood Brown is still in, in your lineup. You should like the matchup. The Seahawks are going up the most points per game to fantasy wide receivers. And they are, they have already played Daniel Jones this week, this year. So they had a free <laughs> game of that one. They're still giving up the most points to fantasy wide receivers. Look, if if 33-year-old Adam Thielen can absolutely torch this yep. secondary, why can't Hollywood Brown? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then on the other side, we'll, we'll keep this one really easy. Don't touch the Cardinals running backs. Uh-uh. Do not. I mean, you don't even know who the necessary starter is, right? Kanta Ingram led in rush attempts, but uh, what is it? Um, Amari Demarcado. That, that's what I'm looking for, led in snaps. So you don't actually know what is going on already with the running backs and it's not necessarily a super favorable matchup against the seahawks who are giving up let me see they're middle-ish of the pack uh yeah. against the run they've been so, they've been a lot better as of yes. late too for sure speaking of teams who have been bad against the run and our next matchup we have denver and green bay who are both in the top four for most fancy points allowed to running backs Unfortunately, we can't really trust the starters of either Green Bay or Denver. But Tyler, we're still leaning running backs as a start here. Who who are we leaning in this one? Sounds weird, but if Aaron Jones is out, you probably got to start AJ Dillon. I mean, he's coming off of a season high in carries last uh, two Mondays ago now because they had a bye last week volume again is again it's a volume thing like mm-hmm. if you know where the volume's going yeah should err on the side of starting and also i i'm utterly i don't really want to talk about this because i'm just in shock honestly but jaleel or uh, yeah jaleel, jaleel mclaughlin i who's this jordan mclaughlin i don't know someone typed it incorrectly <laughs> in our doc thanks, thanks lucas <laughs> Dummy, dummy. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, uh, he led the Denver Broncos in snaps last week at the running back position. Don't know why. Don't know. Don't know how, honestly, but here we are. We are talking about Jaleel McLaughlin as one of the lead backs in this Denver backfield after you had Javante Williams come back from his injury, after you went out and signed Samaji P. Ryan. Uh, Jaleel mm-hmm. McLaughlin has somehow, some way, become one of the lead backs in this backfield. Green Bay, uh, not super great against the run again this year. No. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin honestly should find your line of this week. For sure. Uh, you are also should be starting Jordan Love this week. He had one bad week. They have the bye, and now they play Denver. And... You know what? Denver is not played well. So um, Denver is not good at the football. No, not at all. So that means you're probably all you should also start Christian Watson. Um, we know it's been up and down, but he should finally be starting to actually get healthy. 
which means he should get targets against a bad defense. You I'm start him by week on the opposite side. We would sit at least for me. I, I think Cortland Sutton is definitely a sit this week. He is. We talked about with Gabe Davis being touched on um, dependent Cortland Sutton has 33% of his fantasy points this season off of touchdowns. That's the most out of any top 30 wide receiver in the NFL. Mm-mm. And now they play Green Bay, who is top seven uh, defense against um, or fantasy in fantasy points allowed to um, wide receivers. And they're only allowing 10 fantasy points a game to outside wide receivers. Oh, which is not a good sign for Cortland Sutton, who plays strictly on the outside. I'm not going to bank on him scoring a touchdown again. I'm not banking on him keeping up this run. And if he doesn't score a touchdown again, it's going to be very difficult for him to see double-digit fantasy points. Ty, do you have any interest in Cortland Sutton in this one? This is how I'll explain uh, my thoughts on Cortland Sutton this week. In one of my leagues, I have the choice between Wandale Robinson and Cortland Sutton, and I'm starting Wandale Robinson. Got to love it. Gotta love it. It is as simple as that. (laughs) Gotta love it. Um, We'll move on to a more exciting game, let's say. Los Angeles Chargers versus Kansas City. This will be a great way for Brandon Staley to show how good of a coach he is. Um, A good decision maker. But Tyler, you're starting Herbert. You're starting Mahomes. You're starting Travis Kelsey. You're starting Keenan Allen. But there's a start, and I want to give you the floor on this guy. You have been pushing this agenda for Mr. Isaiah Pacheco onto me and Lucas nonstop lately. So here's the floor. Why are you starting Isaiah Pacheco this week? Isaiah Pacheco was my honorary fourth flight plant because I couldn't make room for him when I was talking about Tony Pollard, when I was talking about Drake London, when I was talking about David Montgomery. But Isaiah Pacheco so far this year, um, has really kind of separated himself as the guy in the backfield for the chiefs. And I think one of the concerns that I saw last year concerning the chiefs was the volatility in their backfield. And they started giving Isaiah Pacheco more snaps. And that's ironically when Kansas city started playing better ball, not saying that's the reason, but it's one of it's a very big reason. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Going into year two, Isaiah Pacheco, I was thinking, well, why would they, they? It would be negligent of Kansas City to not give Isaiah Pacheco more touches because they found success when he was in the game. And sure enough, that's where we are at this year. This week against the Chargers, I cannot express how good of a matchup this is. I know the Chargers have been a little bit better against the run as of late, but this is still the same Chargers defense that um oh I had this oh I know I had the stats somewhere where was it where is it um sorry technical difficulties on this co-host side and that's embarrassing because this is my guy um they the chargers have had four weeks, five or th- three or four weeks. I'm just gonna pull that right off the top of my head. Three or four weeks in uh fantasy points allowed to running backs when they finished or when they were top 12 in that category. Kansas City, yes, they can beat you with Patrick Mahomes, but if there's one thing that's actually working for them right now, it's the run game. And uh this matchup against the Chargers is a very, very solid one. It's very, very good for Isaiah Pacheco. Start him up with confidence. 
I feel like we are just past the, you know, is Isaiah Pacheco a reliable option in fantasy football? He is. He is at this point. And you'll see it again this week against the Chargers. Yeah, you have to look at him like that. Uh, on the opposite side of the ball, our sit is going to be Josh Palmer. Um, Kansas City is giving up the seventh least amount of points of fantasy. Um, wide receivers, they are actually just behind Green Bay by less than a full fantasy point a game. So if that's the case, you know Keenan Allen's going to get his. He's going to see a ton of targets. Um, so Josh Palmer would probably be the guy that take a little bit of a backseat. I do think he is a safer start than Gabe Davis, than Cortland Sutton this week. Um, guys like that, just because he has at least seen decent enough volume. It hasn't been great. All right. I mean, he's not setting the world on fire or anything, but I would stay away from Josh Palmer if I could. Do you want to, do you want to hear a really fun fact? I would love to hear a really fun fact. Since Mike Williams picked up his torn ACL in week three. So from week four on, guess who leads the chargers in target share? Who is that? Josh Palmer. No way. 28% in the last three weeks to Keenan Allen's 20, uh, 25. And it's really two wow. weeks because they had a bye week, but um, that's pretty wild. It's wild. Uh, but still understand that the matchup is severely going to limit mm-hmm. uh, Josh Palmer. And, and, and I will say this, you don't get points for targets in fantasy football. That's so he, while you do see the targets in there, that should be a reason for optimism in the long term, not a reason to force them into your lineup in the short term. For sure. I like that. I like that. Optimism in the long term. Don't force them in your lineup in the short term. Great work, Ty. Thank Fantastic you. Work. Thank you, thank you. Uh, we got two matchups left, and I think at least one of them is going to be really exciting. The other one, maybe not, but one of these is be exciting, and that is Miami versus Philadelphia. There's a lot of obvious starts in this one for me. You're starting both quarterbacks. You're starting... AJ Brown, you're starting Tyree Kill, you're starting Jalen Waddle, you're starting Raheem Mostert, and you're starting DeAndre Swift. Right? Mostert doesn't have a great matchup this week. The Eagles have been good against the run, but are you really going to try and bench the <laughs> starting running back for the best running attack in football right now? I really hope not, because if you bench Raheem Mostert, he is 100% guaranteed going to score 36 fantasy points. And that's just how it works, right? And if you bench him, he will make you he'll make you hurt. But the Eagles do have a wide receiver who has been struggling as of late, been disappointing. So struggling from a fantasy perspective is how I'll put it, because I agree with you, Ty. I don't think he's necessarily struggling on the field, and I don't even think it's necessarily his fault. But from a fantasy perspective, Devonta Smith has not been great. Devonta Smith, if you drafted him in the second, third round, you've been really disappointed these last two weeks. But man, it really feels like this is the week he turns it around. Lucas dropped a stat um, in his uh, buy low video today that Devonta Smith had the second most unrealized air yards last year. He's still seeing, or la- not last year, last game. He's still seeing the targets. He's still, um, you know, he's still getting the ball, having the ball thrown to him downfield. It just wasn't connecting. Uh, Ty, do you, do you have anything you want to add on Devonta Smith? The one caveat I will add real quick, real quick on Devonta Smith. He was limited today in practice with a hamstring injury. So that is something to monitor. But I think that Devonta Smith is, is a start. Ty, are you are you agreeing with me or is this a smile of disagreement? No, this is just a smile of just checking in on my friend because <laughs> <laughs> it has been a wild ride for you, my friend, and your your love for Devonta Smith. But um, 
no, I'm with you. You still start him. I mean, you, I, I know performances haven't been there, but name value, like just, just can just like conceptualize this real quick. I am going to sit Devonta Smith, who is one of the best, if not the best wide receiver twos in the league would be wide receiver one on his own team. Talent is there. Offense is there. I shouldn't say is there, but you know, the talent of this offense, why would you sit? Why would you sit him? Even if you know that he could disappoint, why would you sit him? Why would you sit him? That's, that's where I'm at for sure. Another pass catcher on this um, Eagles team is Dallas Goddard. And this one is a little more tricky because Ty, we've kind of brought it up. We kind of chatted about it before we started talking. It does feel like it's at this point an AJ Brown week and then either a Devonta Smith or Dallas Goddard week. I know that as long if Hertz is playing up to his capability, we could have all three perform in one week. I mean, not obviously you're not going to have the tight end one overall, wide receiver one overall, and wide receiver two overall, but have good enough performances for both of them. Do you think this is a week where we could see a Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard week, or are you, where are you leaning on Dallas Goddard? I feel like you got to play both and just understand the reality that typically when one succeeds, the other doesn't. And and obviously you want to be on the right side of that, but I don't think there's any stat. There's any kind of argument that I could make, or you could make, or really anyone can make to say, you know, don't play either of these guys. Like it, it really is just, bet on the offense bet on a high scoring game bet on whatever but just understand uh either one of those guys may not deliver the way that you want them to and guess what that's fantasy football yeah. it happens okay i know that we're getting to a point in the season where things like this do matter and they count because they ultimately can decide a matchup for you Sometimes you just got to stick it out a little bit. Yep. You just got to You just got to battle through. I should battle through sounds way extreme, <laughs> but sometimes you just kind of have to accept the fact that your guy isn't as consistent, isn't as safe as you would want him to be for sure. And now we have our last, the Monday night matchup. Do we really um, have to talk about this game? Ty, is there any optimism? Could this game be close? I'm not saying could the Vikings win against San Francisco, but could this game be close this week? okay hold on let's 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 just think about this as vikings fans okay the 49ers could be without Debo samuel could be without christian mccaffrey trent williams could be without trent williams and somehow some way jordan mason can run for five touchdowns and brock purdy could throw for 10 that's what it's like to be a Vikings fan. That reality, not maybe not to that extreme, but that reality that how are we getting torn apart by Brock Purdy and Jordan Mason? Yeah, that is a legitimate possibility. So as much as I want this to be a win for the Vikings, as much as I want this to be a close game, it doesn't really matter if you have a 49ers player still play them as if you're as if they are like, as if it's a regular week, right? Where they are full powered, everything fully healthy, all of that. I'm worried for this game yeah. because I know 
that Kyle Shanahan is going to absolutely carve this team open. Yeah. So our obvious starts, we said, you know, CMC, even if he plays, you start him. Hawkinson, you if he plays, you, I mean, well, Hawkinson's going to play Ayuk, Kittle. The one I do want to ask is Debo, because we did see Debo get banged up earlier, come back, be used pretty much just as a decoy. Are you worried about that, all that? Or are you just saying, you know what, if Debo's on the field, I got to start him? It's kind of the same as Devon Smith, honestly, for me. Like, yeah. if you were to bench Debo Samuel, I want to hear your logic because I don't think that logic is sound enough to ultimately decide that Debo Samuel, who is one of the best weapons in all of football, should be on your bench in fantasy football. There you go. I don't hate that. I like that. Uh, we're going to keep these starts and sits for this game really short and sweet. They're Vikings. You're starting Jordan Addison, and I think with Justin Jefferson out, Jordan Addison's got to be a guy you start every single week. He's a guy. He is a guy who's been very touchdown dependent. We will put that out there. Uh, he's in that Gabe Davis, Court and Sutton tier, but he's also a guy unlike those two, who you're projecting to see more targets as the season goes on, right? He's still. I mean, he's only played what six games in his entire NFL career, right? He's still learning the offense. He's still learning how the game works. But on the opposite side, Alexander Madison, that he don't want to trust him in a game where they're going to be behind to power through a very good front seven of the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And so, yeah, he would be my sit of this week. And you really don't know if Cam Akers is going to emerge or not. Ty, do you have anything to add on either of those two? Um, no, not really. I mean, I figured still you don't want to talk too much about it. <laughs> no, I'm more because I'm worried. But I again, Look at the matchup. I know the Browns just did what they did against the Niners. The Vikings are not the Browns. It, it, yeah. it really is as simple as that. And the, <laughs> it wasn't exactly an offensive outpouring by the Browns either, right? It, it was, was a, 19 points. Yeah, so <laughs> you're not you're not super excited about that. But, yeah, that wraps that up. Um, Ty, let's do some full fellas fade. So I think a round of applause is deserved for you and Lucas last week. You were without your bad luck charm. I have been just devastatingly poor this year. I mean, I don't know what's going on. Um, I have had multiple hit on my personal. I've had a, when we talk about them outside of this, I'm, I'm fine. But when I put one on the show, there is, there is no chance it has hit so far. So I'm hoping to turn it around, hoping that we can string it together two weeks in a row. Do you do you, you know when you asked me how I'm feeling about going into week seven and I was like, I'm worried. I'm I'm actually really oh, worried. You're worried because of this. I'm worried because of this. Because <laughs> I'm gonna screw it up. <laughs> I I hope because, your guy has zero <laughs> receiving yards. I'm on an absolute tear right now. I am I don't want to brag, but I'm going to. I'm four for four on my last place. Okay. I'm four for four. Ty, you just brag, so that means that you're missing this one. That's how it works. I know. You better not, though, because your player is holding together like three of my fantasy teams right now. So if he is, if he goes down, I'm in trouble. But Ty, give it to us. Who is your play of the week at the full fellas fade? You can find this line. I don't know if you said this already, but you can find this line only at Underdog Fantasy. Uh, use the code fellas to get your first deposit matched. Shout out to Underdog. Thank you. Um, but Mark Andrews has a 58 and a half yard receiving line on underdog fantasy. 
uh, going up against Detroit. Uh, Detroit's allowing the third most receptions, the fourth most receiving yards, the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends per game this year. And if you, you know, you go, well, Detroit has been winning and, and tight ends haven't really been doing a whole lot against them in recent weeks. Uh, let's let's just take a look at these games real quick. Jonu Smith hit his first double-digit point total against Detroit. Um, week four then, Detroit played uh, Green Bay where Luke Musgrave got hurt like in the first quarter, early second quarter, something like that. Week five, Detroit played Carolina. And uh, they didn't really do a whole lot because guess what? Carolina just doesn't use their tight ends anymore. Week six, Detroit, uh, they played Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And guess who also doesn't utilize their tight ends in the receiving game? Yep, Tampa yeah. Bay. It's Mark Andrews, one of the best tight ends, who is these. I mean, he's still number one option in that Baltimore passing offense going up against this kind of matchup with Detroit. I, I like the hire for Mark Andrews this week. You found the sound. I did. I get so worried because it's not labeled correctly in our sound bank. So I get very nervous. But that is Mark Andrews higher than 58 and a half receiving yards from Tyler. I am going to take Kenneth Walker higher than 77 and a half rushing yards this week against Arizona. Um, Walker has hit this line in the last two weeks. And Arizona is allowing the fifth most rushing yards to running backs. So I'm not going to explain it much more than that. I think that one's pretty easy. So Kenneth Walker higher than 77 and a half rushing yards. Lock it in. Remember, you can tail us over on Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code fellows when you do to get your welcome deposit match. Um, and why don't you drop in the comments your Underdog plays of the week? We'd love to see them from you guys, what you guys are thinking moving forward. But anyways, that wraps up the show for us today. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the fantasy football fellas podcast you can find us on instagram at the ffls on twitter at ffls um on youtube and tiktok at fantasy football fellas if you're listening to the audio podcast thank you for tuning in leave us a little review tell us what you like what you don't like yeah just tell us what you like about the show we can, um, we can take constructive criticism okay? um but take- yeah we we love to hear your guys's feedback and youtube make sure you subscribe hit that notification button but thank you again for listening ty will actually surprise everybody and be out tomorrow with the uh, must starts of the week and with that we will see you later next week deuces deuces <laughs>